Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it will be opened to you. This is what our Lord recommends to us, but at the same time, He doesn't say it is going to be an easy task. Does praying even matter at all? God does not even know me. He cares even less if I pray or not. I plus prayer equal miracle. I without prayer equal sin. No one talks back from heaven as far as I'm concerned. Prayer is lifting up of mind and heart to God. Does God even hear me? Is it really that difficult to pray every day? It takes too long. I don't have the patience for that. Sometimes we ask ourselves, is God really there? Does he really care about who I am? Does he really listen to my prayer? If you're struggling with that kind of questions, this program is for you. Let us help you in your prayers. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. So, Salve Maria, welcome to this new episode. We start greeting the audience of Radio Maria Canada, the Catholic voice in your home. And we also, of course, greet Father Arthur, Salve Maria, Father Arthur, Salve, Salve Maria. Maria, Brother Justin. And uh, also all those who are following us in YouTube and in different places, in WhatsApp and in the friends and friends over the friends that are always, you know, sharing our programs and so on. Um, by the way, uh, thank you for following us. We have already 7,000 at this point of when we are recording the, the program today. 7,000 people that are following the YouTube channel of the Heralds here in Canada. And I would say that uh, it's, it's super phenomenal for us, but we want to get there to many, many more thousands. Of so course. please like, share. Apparently with these algorithms, the liking is very important because I discovered that you exist. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a professional in this, but I think liking is very, very important. So if you want to help this program, please do so and, and, and like it. So today we are seeing something, and we have Father here on board, um, Brother Justin, of course, um, because we have seven issues regarding prayer life. So this is going to be something very, very positive. So seven issues that are typical that may hinder our life of prayer. And I think they're very, very common and very, very important. But Father, how do we start this? What is the, you know, maybe the, the, the main point, the main issue that we, that we can point our uh, people today? Well, prayer is so important in a certain sense, I would say that the, the whole meaning of our podcast is to explain to people everything of our faith in order to what? In order to bring people to pray. Pray is the conclusion, the highest conclusion that you can have of your faith. Faith equal prayer. Prayer um, without faith is, doesn't exist and faith without prayer is, is not, uh, uh, it's not practical, it's not, uh, doesn't have any meaning. So. Uh, it is obvious that the devil wants to put all kinds of obstacles for people to pray. And this is exactly what we're going to deal uh, to in this program. That's why it's so important for you to listen to this and to uh, have the argument that will help you to face all the, the, the obstacles that the devil will bring into your, your prayer life. Now, there are, there are some problems, you know, when we, when we see prayer, because unfortunately, let's say... Uh, People nowadays are so organized when it comes to sports, so organized to w when it comes to health, mm -hmm. so organized when it comes to diets. There are thousands of articles, thousands of apps, 
apps, thousands of different ways for us to actually go and focus into what we really uh, want. And this is a little bit of, you know, tidying up the screws, no? Because prayer is not different. If we really want to pray, we are going to find the time. We are going to find the motivation. We are going but number one, I think, depends on us, no? Of course, we, we will uh, deal later on of a way that we have in order to be praying the whole day. Everything that you do, if you do it in a certain way, it is a prayer. Every heart beating of, uh, uh, of your heart, if you dedicate that heart beating to God as a prayer, you are praying the whole day. So we're going to give you some tips uh, also about this. But before everything else, and before Brother Justin, he's already ready, ready to say here something, <laughs> so we cut you off, Brother Justin. But um, there is something very important that happened. And I don't know if you have been following the programs before, uh, that Jay and Joe had a very interesting uh, event happening, which is um, Joe's uh, niece confirmation. Uh -huh. And so they went to church, apparently, I don't know how it, how it happened, and I think they said very, very important things about prayer. So we're going to go there to the basement of the church right after Mass when everybody's having coffee and friendship because Jay and Joe today have a lot of issues regarding prayer. So nice to see your niece confirmed. It's a big family. It's fun to watch. See, Jay, after all, family and friends are the most important things in the world. Spending time together feels good. Family is what keeps me sane. With so much church paranoia at home, pray this, pray that. Okay, but here's my advice to people and families, just to keep it balanced. Always have a rosary with you. I always keep one on my, in my pocket. Okay, don't get me wrong, but what does that mean, you know? When you say prayers, I don't know what to say, what to do. I'm lost at this. I don't even feel like finding out what prayers mean. It means, you know, it put me to sleep. So, here we go, Father. Uh, prayer doesn't mean anything for me. Uh, prayer is difficult, puts me to sleep. Uh, looks like we are looking at discouragement in prayer. The conversation that changed history of mankind. It was that conversation between Eve and the devil. Hmm? Actually, Eve was praying at that moment, but in the wrong direction. <laughs> she was listening to the devil who was taking her away from her prayer to God and turning her attention to talk, talk and pray the same thing, to talk to the devil. So, uh, in order to uh, correct all the evil that came from that moment, from, which is called original sin, in our faith we call this the original sin, the sin, something wrong that we did that has changed the course of uh, mankind. And we need to fix this, and this we can fix it by another conversation, not with the devil, but with God. And this is what is essential in the life of every human being. He has to understand that he has to pray to God in order to fix his life. So it's interesting, eh? By, by, by a, it's like a remedy, like a counter medication for the fall and how it happened. Absolutely. And then in the, uh, uh, the gospel, we have the prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray. He taught us how to pray. 
He came to the world to teach us how to pray. So he came to the world to answer uh, this question, <laughs> to answer him, to tell him, look, this is how we, we should pray. And I think we should go to St. Luke and um, consider that wonderful prayer, the Our Father. So he starts by uh, calling, his, uh, calling God his Father. So the most beautiful name that you can give to God is that he's your Father. The Father loves the person. He is there to help the person. The person which is us, the one who is praying, belongs to the Father. But it's interesting also, Father, no, because God wants us to be successful in prayer. And, and the reason by which our Lord himself teaches us how to pray is that he has an utmost interest for each and every one of us to thrive in the life of prayer. No, He creates us and he wants us to talk to him. No? Exactly, exactly. We need to ask what God wants to be done, to be accomplished. Then we ask for us, and then we ask for, for the others, we ask forgiveness, for us to give us the strength to forgive the others. You know, the very definition of eh? Padre Pio is to, sometimes when someone asks him, you know, so who are you, what are you? And then he defined himself in a very, very beautiful manner. He said, I'm a monk who prays. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's <laughs> no. Exactly, exactly. Uh, needless to say, he, he used to pray, according to what people tell us about his life, about 30 rosaries a day, plus the mass that lasted 33 hours and everything else. Um, I mean, we're not advising people here to pray 30 rosaries, but, <laughs> or if you, if you feel like, but you see, no, how interesting and important it is that in the end of the story, what defines us is prayer. Absolutely. If we look at the um, chapter 11, right after the Our Father, we have the first parable that our Lord gives. And that parable is something which touched home uh, very much with the, um, the chosen people at that time, which was hospitality. They're hungry. So he's looking for something. He's looking for the most simple of items, which is bread. Now, it's interesting also is that in the ancient world, they didn't have stoves in their houses they had a communal stove so everyone kind of had bread at home and if you were out you knew that your neighbor had bread so him knocking at his door was not a fool's errand in which he was looking for something which the other person most definitely wouldn't have they had bread but the key is persistence he keeps knocking and says, i need this i need this for my friend it's a prayer no it's a prayer it's a Isn't continual it? ask and he's asking for something which is good god is good god wants to help you so if you ask half as persistently as these individuals do then you will be received so there's no reason to be discouraged no because if a bad person will attend you because you are persevering imagine god who's good no. You, to God, you don't need to be, you know, so much insisting because He wants to help you. Today, we are much more rude than they were in, in the past, oh, we're, in we're, spite of all the centers of we're, civilization. We're far worse. We're far worse. So we're seeing there in the basement uh, an issue with discouragement, but at the same time, can't we say that when the person really wants, there are solutions? Because it's easy to say, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, I don't know where to start. Fine. But at the same time, no, there are ways if we want. Of course. And discouragement, but can we say, I mean, like everybody's saying right now, eh, that um, depression is a major epidemic, or basically after this pandemic, whatever we had, now the, the real thing is 
depression, which we can see everywhere. Oh, yes. That comes from the devil. No? The devil wants to feel people depressed. <laughs> so run away. Don't believe. There's no reason for me to, to you to be depressed because our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He wants to help you and he wants to do everything for you. Hmm? And so much so that he gives us that prayer in particular. No? Exactly. This is the, the, this is the, the prayer par excellence you know, forget, that we the have. The disciples of John had received prayers from um, St. John the Baptist. Exactly. So they were looking for something that would be distinctive. Right. And, and they received really, the Our Father. They received the Our Father. <laughs> and then a passage in, on this uh, same um, chapter of St. Luke, that he says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So, you know, we, we have, th this is, this is a, a 11th commandment. You know, he's saying, Ask. Prayed. That should be the 11th commandment, you know, because I will attend, you will receive, the door will be open to you, there is nothing that will, will stop me to, to help you. So you can tell you know, in our Father, God exactly wanted to address the problem of doubt. Discouragement first, yes. then this is the second issue, doubt. Where do we go again uh, to see the dialogue there? Because th I think that's the next point, and it's our second point here today. When we doubt, we don't even know if God is there. No, no, you must, you must see my mother-in-law. A constant mantra. Pray all the time. Good old father Giuseppe used to say, if you want anything from God, you have to give him something. The rosary is a good thing to have. As I told you, I always have a rosary in my pocket. There we go again, praying, praying. Who knows if God is really there? Does God really care who am I? Does praying even matter at all? God does not even know me. He cares even less if I pray or not. So there we go. <laughs> does God really know who I am? Does he really care about who, what I have to say? That is not only discouragement, but also doubt uh, on steroids. Huh? Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a total misunderstanding of God because uh, God wants our good much more than we want it for ourselves. So there is no reason to doubt, there is no reason to be discouraged, not be persistent, etc. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a character which fits this, this situation of kind of despair of God's presence. Mm -hmm. In the 5th and 6th century, the character of Boethius. And in it, he's having a crisis of faith. He's asking the very question, I live a good life, why is everything going wrong? And in his work, The Constellation of Philosophy, one of the points that he gets solace from is that very point of contemplating God's truth. But what's more important in there is his deep reliance on faith and on prayer. He prays himself through this trial until he has his head chopped off. Early church, the early church, uh, early Catholics, so the Catholics in the 6th centuries considered Boethius as a saint. Um, we know the case, the canonization wasn't exactly organized until later on, but in many circles he's considered a saint. But what's fascinating about it is that he puts prayer as the main tentpole of a Christian's life, without which exactly. there is nothing. So he's despaired with the situation where he's like, why? And Lady Philosophy keeps telling him, but you have prayer. You don't Sorry. need me. You don't need wisdom. You need prayer. Beautiful. So 
And then he ends up arguing that wisdom with prayer will present him at the foot of God. So I think that's something we can work with, the, the symbol of Boethius being someone who used his head, but also used his faith, used his soul. It wasn't just, he didn't have a dichotomy, he didn't split the two in two parts. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. The first house of, of God is the house of prayer. The second house of God is, you know, it could be the university, it could be the house, it could be this, etc. But the first house of God is the house where you pray. This is house number one. So here we go, frequenting the sacraments, that's remedy, we had our father, Absolutely. and now frequenting the sacraments. Exactly. Right? So going to the sacrament, that will, will give you the, the strength for you to, um, to understand and to feel that intimacy with God. Because uh, as we said, prayer is a conversation. So you will feel that God, God talks to you. Not only you are talking to God. The Catechism of the Catholic Church summarizes prayer very succinctly in its first line on, on, in the section on prayer, which is, prayer is to lift up our mind and heart to God. And that's a conversation. Exactly. So it isn't uh, a set of vocal prayers. It isn't a set of actions. It's, it's when Precisely. we put ourselves in communion with God directly. And that can be done through anything that we're doing during the day. It, it's not just on our knees in a chapel, etc. No. So your, your, your house of prayer, in reality, is the temple. It's, it's yourself. It's yourself. You You're become right. that temple of prayer. Absolutely. Beautiful. But that's also, exactly. I know you, you are mentioning another solution, which is because sometimes we overthink our prayers. We would just say, no, no, this is, and we complicate them so much. But oh, the yeah. reality is going back to the basics, which our Lord says there in our Father, which is, you know, be simple. Be succinct, be straight, but at the same time, right? Keep insisting. No, don't, don't, don't let yourself uh, be overcome by problems, issues, depression, whatever. Keep, keep, get going. There's, um, there's another little story, if you would, if you wish, of uh, Dominic Savio, and Dominic Savio was an, a great apostle of his neighboring children, and he knew this one boy called Carlo, Carlo the Baguncero. Let's say Carlo's the one who made mess everywhere. <laughs> Carlos was terrible, terrible, right? And he made do everything wrong. But Dominic, at this point, saw that this fellow was a good kid, just that he did bad things, and he said, "Listen, let's make a deal. Let's make a pact. Whenever you feel like doing something wrong, just call out my name." and I will pray for you. Dominic's still running around. He's a nine-year-old running around and doing his own little messes. But he says, so Carlo was skeptical. Obviously, what is this boy going to do for me? But with that, he changes his life, and he agrees to the pact. And what does he do? He runs around the oratory, and whenever he was going to do something stupid, he would call out, Dominic, pray for me. <laughs> Remarkably, every time he did it, he suddenly had a change of heart and he would stop doing what he was going to do. Wow. And this became a thing in the oratory. <laughs> Everyone else started, when they were going to do something wrong, they would say, Dominic, pray for me. Which is fascinating because Dominic's still alive, but Dominic would immediately begin praying yeah, yeah, for yeah. the person who called out. How important is the intercessions, huh? But we have another one there, perhaps, no, that is already another solution, one of the 16, no, which is accountability. Oh, we need to have a good group of friends that are going to help us to pray. Like, okay. you know, Brother Justin was saying with this example, that are going to be there for us when we don't feel like praying. 
No, because I mean, if you're alone and you're trying to pray alone, no. Yeah, but accountability work. can't be that character in your play, right? It's also something that uh, I think we should address too, no? because many of us, or maybe some people, think, no, okay, for God to give me something, I have to give him something, no? There is no, a principle in Latin, even it says, do ut des, no? You give, so you, uh, no, we exchange. I think, I think there's a, an expression that's used more in politics in America, it's called pay to play. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's wrong. It's wrong. Exactly. Should we treat God like a politician? Yeah, and, exactly. You know, a corrupt give politician. Him something? Yeah, corrupt one. So uh, what a deformation! Exactly. No? But but that, that that is very common. Eh? Very common. So it's not a bargain. It's not something that that because I give something, God has to give me this. No. I, I saw a lady in church, and she was all frustrated because the matches weren't there for the candles. <laughs> and I and I was there, and I didn't have matches with me so it was like oh, okay and she lost her mind because he says if i don't light the candle god won't hear my prayer <laughs> i was beside myself i didn't know what to of do of course and you put the two dollars totally wrong in that situation oh he already put her two dollars in so it's all it's all mess oh <laughs> i put the money no candle means god didn't want to hear my prayer and that's it I'm not sure what that is is that christianity or superstition i'm not sure precisely is a little superstitious yeah so it uh, puts aside com- uh, completely the relation with God, the friendly and, and uh, as a, a son or a daughter to his father, in which uh, you trust your father because he's going to help you. So this brings us to the next point, right, Father, which is the problem of patience. And I think uh, Joe has also something to say about that. Listen, as I always say, the most important thing in life is feeling good. Feeling good, yeah, right. We are always stuck at the same issue. Whenever I pray, no one answers. Every time I pray, nothing. Silence. No one talks back from heaven as far as I'm concerned. Does God even hear me? It takes too long. I don't have the patience for that. So here we go, Father. How many of our contemporaries say the same, right? Uh, I, I, I pray and nobody answers. And it should be immediate the answer. <laughs> Is that yeah, we, we tend to think that we have rights in front of God. When that is completely wrong. He is the one who will decide when he's going to give us what he wants to give us. But we have to know that he wants to give us. Uh, everything that is good for us, he's going to give us. But he wants to know if we really persevere in our demand, in our request if we don't give up, if we are lazy spiritually. And so he, if he doesn't answer us immediately, we get upset. This is not good education. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're always struggling with the same question. Everybody's with the question of entitlement. You know? I deserve. Exactly. Yeah. I deserve. It's all rights and there's no obligation. No obligation, precisely. There is a beautiful parable in, uh, in chapter 18 of St. Luke about the judge and the widow. The widow is asking... Th- a wicked judge, this judge doesn't fear God, doesn't fear uh, any human being, etc. But the widow asks him to make justice to her against her enemies. But the widow is just. The widow's request is correct. It's correct, exactly. It's an important part. It is. The judge is bad. The judge is bad. But the exactly. widow is good. She's asking something good. So this is also, you know, a very really important, important point. A point of prayer. Are we asking something that is good or am I just just 
uh, Ferrari, you know, to <laughs> to yeah, go on Sunday, you know, to I don't no, know. No, but what. sometimes something really goes wrong. I mean, somebody gets sick, or someone died, or you know, eventually you cannot pay the bills, and those are real issues. No, I don't think everybody is so frivolous as to ask for a, for a, but but uh, for a, for a Lamborghini. But at the same time, we should understand that we need to pray with humility. Oh. Because what if I maybe I'm not seeing this and I'm not God, so I don't see it. I need to understand what God wants from this. It's but interesting. I, I think this, this parable is very beautiful because it's a reversal of situation. Mm -hmm. um, in real life, the judge is just, and the widow is unjust. Precisely. And in this case, the judge is horrible, and the widow is very good. So it. It helps with the whole illustration. So it's it's like a saint praying to somebody who's not good. No? In the parable, our Lord, our Lord, sometimes He changes things around in order to force us to think and to realize where is the truth. So she is actually a saint. She's a good person. Recommend this parable. We're going to put mm. it here in the, in the notes. Oh, because yeah. people, I think, need to read this well, maybe in the moment of, a moment of prayer <laughs> and go read because it's very fundamental. So, w wouldn't God um, do to his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? And this is also, I don't know, something very, very important to add, which is maybe establishing good habits. Because it works for children. <laughs> it works even for, you know, sometimes you have, uh, what, your pet in training, right? Your dog or whatever is going to live with you. Okay, fine. But you need to establish good habits. And... Prayer is a habit. Yes. There's something interesting also that we sometimes like to believe that we are alone in our our difficulties and our predicaments. We have a story of St. Dominic de Guzman, the founder of the Dominicans. He is um, in southern France in the area of the Albigensians with the Cathars, and he's preaching. And he was noted as a very gifted preacher. So it wasn't that he wasn't speaking the right words, just that their hearts were not open. And he is becoming more and more depressed by their stubborn resistance. And he's becoming more and more uh, saddened by the situation. Yeah, because this heresy, you know, I have to remind, eh, it was very destructive. Oh, very much. <laughs> no, the Albigensians, I mean, they were in favor of suicide, they were in favor of mutilation, they were in favor of horrible things. And all of a sudden, San Dominic is no, like you say, but I mean, he's trying to, 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 to bring something positive, change, and no. So finally, he's gone through all this, and finally he just leaves the city and goes to a mountain. And there he finds a cave. In this situation, this heart, burdened, weary, he finds a small chapel that's dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. And there he throws himself with a very heavy heart prostrate on the ground and just... Like, solution this problem or take me. Mm -hmm. Either or. But this isn't going to work. But, but, the thing, but this is beautiful. No, I don't think we find this in, in our friends there, no? Because no. if we're trying to find <laughs> uh, ways to just get out of this question of prayer, we're going to find many. But this wasn't his problem. What is St. Dominic? He wasn't, yeah, he exactly. wasn't the Albigensian. He wasn't the Cathar. And for those who know Europeans, he's from Spain. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's working in France. Yeah, France, France and Spain, no, they don't see, see things eye to eye. So, I mean, he's there to obtain from her son the conversion of these wicked people. In the midst of the prayer, 
has a vision of Our Lady who appears with him with the rosary. It's beautiful because he is praying for a solution and Mary gives him the solution, which is a prayer, which, which is, is the rosary. Prayer prayer. So prayer is the solution for our problems. If we pray, all our problems will be solved. Hmm? You know, they were talking with someone, uh, a very, very good family, very interesting, you know, but, but you know, someone was saying, uh, yeah, but it wouldn't be easier. I mean, I, I, want to, I want to understand what God wants, no? Yeah, but why do you want to understand? So that the problem is going to be gone in five minutes. And that's not the way God wants to do things. We have to carry the cross and the prayer till, you know, till the end, as our Lord Jesus Christ did. Yeah, you know, there's, okay, there, there's another story, which is an interesting one, of someone who, who progressively grows in their life and encounters prayer. And that would be the person of St. Thomas More. Thomas More, towards the end of his life, locked in prison, had no books. That was his solace in life, was reading and writing. And what did he do instead? He prayed. He prayed the rosary. Right? Okay. And at the end of his life, he makes that famous statement, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. Beautiful. And then he turns to the man who's about to chop his head off and say, I pray you, I pray you, that you will remember me in your prayers. So he's asking the man who's going to cut his head off to pray for him. It's fantastic. And they said that after that, the executioner <clears throat> knelt down and asked for a blessing. He's Wonderful. Like, he's Wonderful. like, okay. Convert to the man, no? right there. No? So Father, we're talking about impatience now, right? But there is the next point, which is when people feel a lot of temptations and issues by which you really have difficulties on prayer. No, so so far we have gone through discouragement, doubts, impatience, uh, and now there comes. Okay, Joe, but I mean well. My advice to you, you should have a rosary in your pocket. What's the point of praying? Prayer is boring, feels tedious and difficult. I don't know. For me, praying feels like a boring, tedious task. So here we go, Father. People find praying a tedious task. <laughs> I think it's a task if you if you make it tedious. It's, exactly. It's, it, it, it is what you make it to be. Um, I think if your if your goal is this lightning fast rosary um, without even thinking about what you're doing, then it becomes incredibly boring incredibly quickly. Um, and when we look at the, the, the stories of the saints, one thing about it was that prayer was a living part of their lives. It wasn't something which was um, a dead thing. And if, it's, if it dies, then it is going to become tedious. It's not alive. It's, it's not something that's it's functioning. And that's where the problem lies. If it's uh, boring, it is not prayer. No? It's something else. Because if you are speaking with a friend, it's, not, it's never boring. Unless you want a way out. Exactly. If you want a way out, then that's then there's something else, precisely. Yeah. So if you understand what, what you're doing and uh, you understand the meaning of what we, you're saying, etc., uh, and you desire something, it is not boring. It is, it is the, the essence of your life. Prayer is, uh, is, is essential. It's the, the, the central part of, uh, of your life because it's your uh, relation with, uh, with God. So we... Um, we need to pray, uh, always understanding what we're doing. 
and not just repeating things without uh, without meaning. Mm. I, I think that line that we use as the in philosophy as the is the medieval project faith searching understanding. I think we should kind of take it and use that as inspirational and move it prayer searching understanding. Through prayer, we mm -hmm. reach understanding. And when we understand what we're doing, then prayer makes sense. But if we teach prayer as, as a, purely as a rhythm or a routine, then it's not you know, lifting, uh, lifting your mind and heart to God, or it's not encountering Christ as an experience also. No, it's, 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 it's boring. It is boring, absolutely. And to say it isn't, it's, it would be a lie. Okay. But also, you know, we can go to the problem of the family too. No? Nowadays, I mean, we have, unfortunately, after 50 years of all kinds of disasters happening with the absence of the father figure, with divorce, with all these issues, then by the end of the story, we have the destruction of the family, basically, no? and, and even with these you know, new laws coming and new models of families and everything else. Well, fine. But how are we going to reference to the life in the family if the life of the family doesn't exist? But prayer is actually a reflection of the life of the family, no? I mean, when you want to be together, when you want to pray, to, when we want to talk, no? Uh, you obviously are going to find a time to do it. Uh, oh, it's boring. Okay, let, let's see what's happening with so and so, and let's sit up, sit at the table or in the, the kitchen and talk about this, about that. There is no reference. Therefore, prayer. There is no reference for prayer either. Or, so, for example, cell phones. Huh? You need to be careful. Because actually it's destroying the life of the family. Why? Because people are not talking uh, to each other anymore. So, uh, the, um, you need to see that, that uh, the modern life has a lot of uh, obstacles that you, you have to face and you have to, to go through and you, you, you have to... Uh, uh, to uh, to resolve these obstacles. What so about fasting, Father? Is fasting something that will eventually help us with prayer? It's a control of your uh, of your feelings, hmm? and precisely this is uh, the temptation that uh, that the devil will put uh, in you is to change your feelings, to 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 transform your feelings from good feelings into bad feelings. Then, of course, you will find prayer boring, for example, because the devil has changed your feelings. So you have to put in order your feelings in order to uh, to pray properly and to, uh, uh, to 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 control yourself. So fasting, it is a, a wonderful uh, way of doing it. So, Father, you were mentioning the phone and how many people work all the time and so on and have the phone there and then, you know, these messages and, uh, and, and whatnot. I think this is one of Joe's issues, especially because he says he works too much. You need to be careful not to pray too much to the phone. Huh? <laughs> you have to pray to God, not to the cell phone. <laughs> but, um, so let's go there to the basement and, 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 and take a look at the next obstacle, which unfortunately is called laziness. Beside all of that, who wants to spend hours sitting in a pew repeating words? You know, I agree, Joe. Can we use AI or something instead? My phone is on all the times. I'm on a call for works. So I have things to do 24 hours. I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy to pray. Plus, after dinner, I want to sleep. I, I don't feel like doing anything. So here we go. I work all the time. I don't have time to pray. Let me ask you something. Uh, do you have time to take your breakfast in the morning or you take it at night? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you have time to take your breakfast, why don't you have time to pray? It is 
obvious that you have to have your breakfast in, in the morning. This is something that will help you to start your, your day and with energy, etc. For the body and for the soul. What is the breakfast for the soul? Is your prayer. That's what you need to have. So don't leave prayer to, to the night. Of course, at night you're tired. It's much more difficult to pray. So pray in the morning, pray during the day, and pray a little bit at night also. You know, people say that sugar is addictive. But also the rush and the permanent, uh, you know, being being completely agitated and rushing all the time is also addictive, you know. And then we don't want quiet, quiet moment in silence. Of course. And this is not what many of us, unfortunately, we are attached to the, the rat race. The rat race. There you go. That's a word. We need it. We need it. It's the energy. It's the. Uh, the devil brings certain. agitation, no? and and God brings peace. But it's a grace we need to ask, actually, not to pray and also to see, because in the end of the story, if we don't want to look into our soul, obviously we're going to be going after the right race. Obviously we're going to be, you know, always on the mall and basically, you know, running away from quiet, because a quiet moment invites us to think, and then maybe we find some things we need to change. You know, an of element course. that you can also find this out is when you if you teach our classroom of younger children, the ones who read at home, the ones who pray at home, but they have the ability to sit and listen and, and speak and actually have a conversation. The ones whose babysitter are televisions, they don't have that ability. They can't they're, stop. They, Impossible. They're just running and they they're vibrating. Yeah. And, and you're like, wow. They can't keep yeah. seated. Oh, it's terrible, the, terrible. In the desk. They can't. Terrible. Adults too. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Father, there are moments in which uh, things are not rosy and also it's difficult to pray, right? And it's what, 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 what the spiritual fathers talk about when, when, when we are dry, you know? Dryness in prayer. Of course. So yes, this yeah. is the next obstacle eh, when it's dryness. Praying is too dry. In the end, prayer becomes a repeat, 50 Hail Marys and you are done, kind of thing. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I carry a rosary in my pocket every day, but I agree on some days, praying feels drier than 50 pounds of potato chips. Prayer gives you a nice feeling when everything goes well, but when things go wrong, you know, when there's no work, when kids are sick, when I can't pay the bills, I need God to come and help me here and, there and now, you know? And where is He? If he's, love, if he's a loving God, why does He not come and help me immediately? He should come and make my problem stop, period. Same here, Jay. When I need God to be there, I obviously deserve it. Later, He can do whatever He pleases. When all is well, we really don't need God after all. Prayer is for when we need something, right? But still, you should always have a rosary in your pocket. So there we go. Prayer becomes sure. as dry as uh, 30 pounds of potato chips. God puts us to the test. He can give us consolation and He can give us dryness. Sometimes he gives us a consolation in order to motivate us and to, to push us ahead, etc. But at a certain moment, he will have to give us some, some uh, kind of dryness hmm, in order for us to prove that we really want what we are asking. That in spite of the dryness, we don't change. The heart is the same, in spite of what is outside. 
you know, there's a, a saint who is who was celebrated a few weeks ago, Saint Kateri Tikawitha, mm -hmm. the Lily of the Mohawks. Her, she's buried outside of Montreal, Quebec. Uh, she came from northern New York State. And her story's fascinating because she encountered, her family encountered a Catholic missionary and was baptized. But then they died of smallpox. And then she ends up struggling with the paganism that is still residual there, and she escapes. But what does she do her whole way of escaping? Praying. Her whole life is an encounter of prayer. She's constantly praying. So much so that when she reaches Montreal, and she's looking for, she's looking for the missionaries, mm -hmm. and she encounters some of the nuns. The nuns were fascinated by her prayer life. How deep her degree of prayer was. <laughs> that she wasn't, they were expecting her to be like the rest of the proselytes, right? Or the rest of the, 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 the women who were coming to the chapel. Very simple, very poor levels. Of, but she was deep. Why was she deep? Because she had gone through a period of aridity Precisely. and she had dug deep into her soul. And she kept saying, she prayed and prayed and prayed. And what happened to her? Halfway through, in the middle of a swamp in northern New York, she sees the face of Jesus. Wow. And say, go to Montreal. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. The consolation. She had smallpox. <laughs> her face was scarred with smallpox. But when she dies, the marks disappear. Disappeared. Beautiful. So yeah. her soul and her body were yeah. different. And then at that moment, the body became like the soul. There you go. Because the, the very definition of, of dryness is when prayer becomes a chore and God looks like distant. No? And she had to undergo exactly that so that our Lord in the end goes and yeah, she had to go through that without any type of support, but being persecuted for her faith. Uh, so That's instead right. of doing what she did, going to the, to the missionaries and, and, and joining the church, what happens today is because of dryness, you see the churches being empty. There is an amazing story of uh, a French uh, author called Alphonse Daudet from the 19th century about the, the, the parish priest of Cucugnon. Cucugnon is a small village in the south of France. Nobody knows what it is. What I don't even know if it exists. <laughs> so, um, but it's it, it's very Provencal name, you know, Cucugnon. No? So the uh, the parish priest is doing everything that he can in order to bring people to to the church. But people are leaving the church and and going less and less and less mm -hmm. to church. So one day before Easter, you know, he's going to 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 say the vigil mass. He, said, he decided, well, okay. If nobody comes, this is the last day. I'm going to close the door and go away. <laughs> close the church. <laughs> so he prepares his homily because he wants to prepare the homily for the last mass that he's going to say in Cucugnon. So he's preparing the, the homily, but he fell asleep. And during the sleep, he has a dream. <laughs> he decided to, uh, to go to heaven to see how many people from Cucugnon are there. Of those who have died, how many, how many of my former parishioners are there? So he goes to heaven, he knocks at the door of heaven, St. Peter opens, and, uh, and he asks, please, you know, St. Peter, tell me, uh, how many are here from my parish, Cucugnon? St. Peter's, Cucugnon? Oh, strange, I never heard this <laughs> name before. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no, but please look, so he looks in the books, etc. <laughs> it's a wonderful story. So the, the, the fact of the matter is that, that uh, St. Peter says, sorry, you know, 
father. But there is nobody here from Cucunio. <gasps> oh my God. So he said, okay, thank you, Holy Father, etc. And he leaves and he goes to purgatory. So he knocks at the door, an angel opens, and please tell me how many people are here from Cucunio. And wh from where? <laughs> Cucunio <laughs> in France. Where is that? France, yes, in south of France. Please, I need to know, etc. <laughs> and there is nobody there. So <gasps> he says, nobody in heaven. Nobody in purgatory. So they are in hell. Oh my God, you know. <laughs> so at that moment, the bell rings for the mass and he wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells a story to the parishioners that, that are there. No? He tells, look, this is what happened, etc. And everybody you know, got a, a fright and the church went full. <laughs> and everybody came to pray, you know, because they were afraid to go to, go to hell. So... The um, it is uh, it is a funny story that Alfonso they invented, but um, actually you know people need to understand if I don't pray where do I go? Yeah, if I don't pray I'm not going to heaven. Saint Alphonsus Ligori has one of his uh, masterpieces, the book called Prayer, the Great Means of Salvation and Perfection. He wrote many 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 books, many essays on many things. He was a brilliant. Uh, very scholar person, a lawyer, a bishop, and founder of a religious order, the, the Redentorist. He was a wonderful person. But he said, look, uh, if we, uh, we can put everything that I wrote, and if we just keep this book on prayer, this is the most important book of my life. Because if people pray, if everything that I preach in my life convinces pe people to pray, I'm happy. That's enough. No, no, because praying you're going to heaven. Actually, there is something else that is about to f happen there in the in the basement of the church. Okay, gotta go. Okay. Nice to see you, Jay. As I always say, we need to guide the young, teach them the rosary. Well, I mean, you have to carry the rosary in your pocket. You can't just show it off all the time. But again, we do need to cover our bases. That happens with prayer, Father. If we, we don't use it, we lose it, right? <laughs> and there we go. We just collect dust and our life passes and then we don't have anything else to do. And well, eventually happens with a Kukunyan story, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is um, a wonderful uh, maxim that, um, that really, you know, summarizes uh, much of, of our thought. It is that actually I plus prayer, I can do miracles. But I, without prayer, I will do sin. Because I cannot do anything good without prayer. Without prayer in the sense that without willing to, to be connected to God, then nothing will, will go uh, well. And then the devil will find the door open for him to make me go wrong. Therefore, to sin. So prayer is such an important element of our life that in a certain sense, you know, the ho our whole spiritual life can be summarized in prayer. We recommend that book, eh? Prayer, the Great Means of Salvation and Perfection by St. Alphonse of Liwari. It's a wonderful book. And in the end, his thesis is that, no? all those who pray save themselves. Those who do not pray, well, they want to lose their soul and there's no, no hope. And probably one of the biggest torments, he says, in, in hell is the fact that people know that it would have been so easy to attain salvation, 
because it was at the you know at, at hand. It was just prayer that I would have said them. San Alfonso says, you know, in, in, in his book that it is so easy to pray. You don't need to know, you know, many prayers. You can, but it's not necessary. It's enough to say, God, have mercy on me. God, please help me. God, I need you, etc. That's that's enough. That's your prayer. Tom, with uh, Dominic Savio, for that boy who was having so many temptations, his one prayer was, Dominic, pray for Precisely. me. Precisely. So simple. Beautiful. So if we say, Mary, help me, that would be wonderful. And everything Whatever our patron good. saints are. Mm -hmm. So, Father, I think we can go to that prayer that you were about to, to, to start and we cut you off. But it's so important, no? Because it's exactly when our Lady is at the center of our prayers, everything becomes better. It's a prayer directed to Mary, and it says like this. My Queen, my Mother, I offer myself entirely to you. And to show my devotion to, to thee, I offer you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Therefore, good mother, as I am thine own, keep me and guard me as your property and your possession. Amen. To all our audience, those who are listening to us, who are seeing us. We want to give uh, all of you our blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.